There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning in. This is our Monday edition of the podcast. And begin a new week, begin a new chapter in Job, Job chapter 16. I would thank the Lord for each one of you. Pray you had a good weekend. Thankful for the house of God. Thank God for the place we can go and worship, assemble ourselves together, how we rejoice in that. And uh, we got some uh, things going on in our church. Let's ask folks to pray. We got some folks very sickly. And I got some folks that God's been dealing with also. And so if you would pray for the Manasseh Community Baptist Church, pray for our pastor, Pastor Richard Black Jr., that God would just meet the needs of the church. And if you would, we certainly appreciate that prayer. And we're thankful for the Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church of Shingle House, Pennsylvania. Lord willing, we'll be heading up there on Friday of this week and uh, getting ready for the services. And then we'll begin on Sunday. And my wife has something to do Saturday. We'll begin Sunday and go through Friday, Lord willing, there in Shingle House as the Lord sees fit. And we're certainly looking forward to what God is going to do. We thank the Lord for Pastor Seely and his family. They're always tremendous hosts to us. His wife's a tremendous hostess. Uh, they have shown us nothing but the kindness of hospitality and how we thank the Lord for that. As we go into Job 16, it was, we started in this just a little bit as we closed out the week. Uh, we see Job again rolls into the prophet. This is one of the first chapters quite a few years ago. Uh, the Lord just revealed Jesus Christ to me. And I'm sitting there in my chair, and all of a sudden I realize he's speaking of Jesus Christ. Now you say, how's that important? Don't we see him all through Scripture? Well, can I be honest with you? I didn't see him like I do today. And every day I see him a little bit more clearly. And this is one of the passages that unlock the Messianic Psalms for me. This is one we frequently reference because this is one of those, uh, can I say, highlight verses in my life. And when I saw Jesus Christ in this, and I realized that that's him and looked at those words and what the words of God said and began the study of the Messianic Psalms. And so that kind of was the trigger for this. And so this passage means a lot to me. I thank God for Job 16. It gives you understanding of the holy. It is Jesus Christ. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? So again, Job is speaking, and he was speaking in prophecy. We saw that in Job 14. Be life fast. It's not going to let it rest. And by the way, that's most folks today. They want to contend with Jesus Christ. They'll contend with the Holy. They'll contend with the Word of God. If you preach, you know, as long as it's something comfortable and comforting, as long as it's something that encourages and something that uplifts and something to make you feel good, they won't say anything. Well, you start preaching the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden you start getting in that ground of heresy. Oh, he's a heretic. And I believe that the men of God of yesteryear that preached Jesus Christ and preached grace 
by faith and preached that the free will of man, they were persecuted because of what they believed. They were persecuted because of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. We're in a day now when God has enlightened us and given us understanding that these things are not found in extracurricular books. They're not found in commentaries and dictionaries and encyclopedias, and they're not found by much study of everything else. But these things are found in the word of God. And God more than ever is revealing that. I've learned, and I'm not trying to be contentious over this, I've learned study habits of many men. I've heard many talk about their study habits. And uh, I've heard them say, well, I study for half an hour, meditate for half an hour, study for half an hour, meditate for half an hour. I've heard men that say they'll study eight hours for one message. I know men that get in the pulpit haven't studied one bit, but they've been studying their whole life. And they'll preach a tremendous message, run off the fumes of what they've learned in their life in Jesus Christ. And those are not the things that we contend with. Yet those people contend with me over my study habits, which is to take a King James Bible and look up the words of a King James Bible and actually have the gall to believe what the Bible says. And that's something that's such an offense to people. It's almost like this rock of offense, this stumbling block. They cannot get past that. How dare you just believe the word of God? You need help. Remember a man one time several years back, and he said, why do we have all these books and I just said, I don't have all these books. You do. And it wasn't me. It was him. It was his choice. I'm not against reading those books. I'm not against studying those books. I just choose not to, for the most part, most religious books, most occupational books, most clerical books, most clerical books, uh, most economic books, most statistic books. I don't read those things. Yet, yet, the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Why can't we believe God? That's what it's going to take. And these words, as he speaks, that he's not seeing what Job is saying. He's not seeing who Job is speaking of. And Job tells him, you've been bold to thee, that thou answerest. I also could speak as ye do. If your soul were in my soul's stead, I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you. So Job's telling him, I could be just like you. I could kick you while you're down. That's what he's saying in context. I mean, I could take rocks and bust your head while you're down. And most people are very content to do that. They wait till a man is down and they hurt him. They wait till a man is down and they wound him. I've called men over the years that people have been made accusation. I've heard accusation. Therefore, I'm obligated to touch base with them at certain times, certain places, because my ministry is affected by them. And I've called different men. I remember the one man especially. He said, you're only the second preacher that's called me about this matter. Now, I wasn't totally satisfied with the, the reason he gave me. doesn't make me spiritual. doesn't make me carnal. I just wasn't totally satisfied. But he said, you're only the second preacher. Yeah, it was all over the Internet, all over Facebook, all over people's websites. And he said, you're the second preacher that's called me. I had a dear brother whose son made accusation against him, and it went viral. I mean, people all over the place just slandering and tearing down and making accusation. And when I called, he said, brother, I want to thank you. He said, I've just had a handful of men who've called and strengthened me. And thank God for those men. I've called and tried to strengthen him. Because in adversity, and by the way, that brother is born for adversity. And I've used that for years, and I've used it. I think slightly out of balance. I think it's a very balanced verse. Yes, a brother is born for adversity. He is going to be an adversary to you. But can I see even more so? And we saw that in Esau when he returned unto Jacob and he hugged Jacob and kissed Jacob and forgave Jacob. He's born for adversity. When you're in adversity, you need a brother. 
And I know my older sister, especially a little bit more than my younger sister, we were closer in age, but there are times of adversity. And uh, listen, she didn't need anybody else but her brother. That's all she needed. I was born for adversity. And I think that's two-way street there. And that's what Job is speaking of in this. He said, I mean, you know, I could have come over there when you were down and slammed you and hurt you and busted your head up. And, but no, this is what he said. He said, I wouldn't have shaken my head. I wouldn't have heaped up. And what an awful thing to heap up words against anybody, yet alone a man when he's down. It's like an unrighteous man being in the hospital and somebody going in while he's in the hospital, just heaping up words and reminding what a terrible person he is, what a terrible father he's been. And the truth may be there, but there's a time for everything under the sun. And that's not necessarily the time to go in there and heap words of it. And now Job is wounded. Job is, he still has sores. He's scraping himself with the botches. He's in the ash heap. We don't know how long this has gone on. We don't know how long between chapter two and this point right here. I don't believe it's been that long. Job is still miserable. He, that's why he told his friends, miserable comfort is our y'all. And they're heaping up words against him. Let that be a life lesson. When somebody's down, they need a friend. When somebody's wounded, they need a friend. And when somebody's dying, they need a friend. When somebody else is dying, that family member needs a friend. They need a comforter. They need someone to provide solace and provide kindness. And I'll say this, one of the greatest kindnesses you can show people in suffering is financial kindness, that gift, that gift of money, going and providing the things they have need of. What a wonderful comfort that is to so many. They don't have to worry about the finances of these things. And it is a wonderful gift. And that's a little side distraction. We ran that rabbit. Boom, it's dead. We'll move back to the scriptures. But I would strengthen you with my mouth. That's what Job said. I'm not going to kick you while you're down. I'm not going to heap up words against you. You know, I'm not going to shake my head at you, but I would strengthen you with my mouth. And the moving of my lips should assuage your grief. That's what a righteous man would do. The moving of lips, it would assuage your grief. My lips would say something to comfort. May God help us. I don't want to paint this rosy picture that I'm some super saint that gives everybody comfort. I've done my share of damage to people and wounding to people and hurt to people. To my absolute shame, my absolute discredit, to the absolute horrificness of it, yet in my life there are times when God has used my lips to provide comfort and he used my lips to comfort others. I've been in the pulpit, and God has given me clearly a message that was a message of comfort. And I've preached a message of comfort. I knew some people say, well, I've never heard that. Well, stick around long enough. If you need comfort, there be there the comfort. That's why those that mourn, you mourn with them. Why? Because when they mourn, they're going to be comforted. Jesus Christ promised that. So you mourn with them that they can find that comfort. Though I speak, my grief is not assuaged. And though I forbear, what am I eased? So Job is saying, I would have spoken and eased yours, but my own speech is not assuaging my grief. I'm no better off for my speech. Why? Because he's speaking of someone else. He's not lamenting his life. He's not lamenting his, his, his bondage that he's in physically. No, he's speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ. He's that great prophet of God. Though I speak, my grief is not assuaged, though I forbear. He's forbearing in this. What am I ease? There's no ease in forbearance. He's suffering greatly. But now he has made me weary. Thou hast made desolate all of my company. Now, verse 7, I'm probably going to stop here and have a short podcast today because we go into verse 8, we begin to see the change completely flip-flops into prophecy. But in Job 7, but now he hath made me weary. Thou hast made desolate all my company. 
he begins to speak not of turn for himself, but rather on behalf of Jesus Christ. He's speaking by the Spirit of Christ. And so it is with Jesus Christ, all his company fled him. Peter himself denied him. But the cross is a few ladies and John standing by. Everyone's forsook him. And that's what Job is speaking of. Sure, it could be Job's friends, absolutely. But then the next verse we see, it turns from being Job into the prophecy concerning the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Again, one of the reasons we've been doing this is because we are withstanding the tide of hyper-dispensationalism sweeping across this nation, sweeping through doctrine today. And men don't realize that Job is preaching Paul's gospel, and they struggle with that. What? The death of Jesus Christ, how he died for our sins according to the scriptures. What scriptures? Job 16. What scriptures? Genesis chapter 3. What scriptures? All through the Messianic Psalms, all through Isaiah. That's how he died, according to the scriptures. What other scriptures? He died according to not only Paul's gospel, as they would say, but he died according to Peter. He died according to James. He died according to the book of Revelation. We see those things. I am he that was dead and yet liveth. Why? He's alive forevermore. And so again, the gospel is through the whole scripture. And they try to dis- disintegrate this, and they try to do away with this, and they try to diminish this, and yet the gospel is being preached. Job is going to preach on the suffering Savior. He's going to preach on Jesus Christ dying for our sins according to the Scripture. Lord willing, we'll be in verse 8 tomorrow and begin to look at Job, the great prophet of God, in Job 16. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the 